Hi, and welcome to Fresh Voices, the podcast where we tell stories and learn new perspectives. I'm Julia Pinney, and today I'm here with Katie Randolph to talk about grief, but most of all to celebrate Amanda. Katie, would you introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Katie. I'm a sophomore in the college. I'm studying American studies. I am the social media editor for the Joyce and the Joyce. <laughs> the Joyce. I think you the gotta Georgetown fix that. Joyce. I meant the Georgetown voice. It's fine. I'm fine. It's midterms. I'm fine. Um, and I'm very excited to be on this podcast, Julia, because they give me another outlet to talk, and I, that's my favorite thing to do. So, well, I'm very, very happy you're here. Um, would you tell me about Amanda? Yes. So Amanda is my cousin. Um, And I still don't know if I should use is or was. That's something I haven't figured out yet. Um, But she was, um, so my mom is 10 years older than her brother Dave. Her brother Dave is her closest sibling in age. So she's 10 years younger than him. I think I'm saying things really weird. But what I'm trying to say is that my mom is younger than a lot of her siblings. Um, So Amanda was my only cousin who did not already have kids of her own by the time I was born. Um, and she was very, very close with my mom. She used to come around and visit us a lot, especially when I was a kid. Um, and she graduated high school in 2004. So this year she would have turned 33. Um, and I am, I'm 20, which makes her a smooth 12 years older than me. That took so much mental math to do. In That's okay. We're not, we're not math majors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, late at night. We're not math majors. <laughs> yeah. So it took um, me some time to figure that out. Um, but she was really, really funny. She was like, that's the thing I think about the most with her is that like, she kind of like, she called my mom, her aunt Annie. Um, and my mom is ridiculously funny. And my mom also makes really inappropriate jokes at like bad times, um, which Amanda does like a lot. Like there's absolutely no like, like, she was so irreverent um, in when she would, like, she would just joke around about stuff. And, like, like you'd be having a really serious conversation and she'd just, like, like say something and you'd be like, are you serious? Um, like, my mom went to – I guess I should back up before I um, – but Amanda no, – finish, finish that story, though. I'm curious. Well, I have to explain other stuff to finish the story. Okay. Um, but in 2016, she was diagnosed with cancer, um, and she went into remission, and then she got sick again. Um, and my mom went earlier this month to be with her um, in what ended up being the last weekend of her life, but my mom didn't know it was going to be the last weekend of her life. Um, and the entire time that she was there, like, Amanda couldn't get out of bed. Um, she gotten out of bed for the last time, like, the morning that my mom got there. Um, and all she wanted to do was watch, like, this cable news network where or it was like this weird thing where it was like just like 24 hours of like police chases and like police camera footage so like 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 car chases or like people being arrested and like courtroom stuff just like really weird reality tv that was just like kind of morbid and my mom was talking to her during a time when she was awake and obviously like it sucked because like she was dying and she was very obviously dying and she was in a lot of pain and my mom asked how she was feeling and she was talking about oh like like everything hurts so bad and she was like my body is doing my body is doing and then she paused for like a super long time and she goes involuntary manslaughter like from watching this cops like show like for 24 hours a day and it's like super it's quite astute for someone who probably didn't have a much energy yeah at no that moment she didn't have that much energy and she was like 
that's not what I meant. But it was just, like, funny and just, like, totally Amanda um, because she was really funny. So she was who she was until the end. Yes, yeah. Um, And that's one of the things. um, Amanda died, like, pretty, like, I found out she was going to die shortly after I got back to Georgetown for the second semester. Um, And so there was about, like, there was more than a month where, like, Amanda knew she was going to die. And she was in a lot of pain, like I just told you. But also she got to determine how she was going to, like, do things, like how she wanted the end of her life to be and how she wanted the rest of the world to, like, remember her. Um, So, like, for example, during, I think, around the last week of her life, her son Jordan, um, who's 10, I believe, stopped coming to see her, like, stopped coming into her room because she was like, I don't want my son to remember me, like, as I'm dying. Um, And she actually was still in contact from with her youth minister with whom she'd like grown up in Oklahoma. Um, even though she lived in Washington, Seattle, Washington at the time she died. And like, she was able to make plans for exactly what she wanted at her memorial. Um, she did not want a funeral. She did not want people in black. She did not want people dressed up. She wanted Roy's chicken from a fried chicken place in her hometown of Quito, Oklahoma. And she wanted Dr. Pepper and she wanted it in a like super informal setting. And she wanted her favorite color purple to be on everything. And then she like wrote like a brief letter for him to read from her to everyone there. Um, he like said a prayer, shared a few memories about her and then just invited other people to talk about her. Um, and, I'm very grateful that, like, in that last, like, because to me that was me saying goodbye to Amanda. Um, And, like, I'm glad that that could be on her terms and that could be how she wanted it. Um, It was, like, the most beautiful, like, I've only ever been to one other funeral, and that was for my grandma. And my grandma died very, like, she died my freshman year of high school, but my grandma had lived a long life. Like, it was totally different from Amanda. Um, And it was, like, a very sad, somber, like, formal funeral. Um, But, like... It was just in, like, this barn, like, gathering place um, and, like, where they hold, like, weddings and wedding receptions and stuff. And there were, like, glass windows all along the back wall. So, like, there was a little creek and a field and, like, just the most beautiful sunset. And there was a swing, like, outside on a tree. Like, it literally looked like something out of a movie. Um, And, like, I don't know. It just felt like the perfect way, like, because it was just such, like, a beautiful and, like, happy place and, like, that was the perfect place to like say goodbye to her. And, and what was it like listening to that letter? Um, that was, I hadn't cried at all. Well, I cried. Um, but I hadn't cried since the day she died. Um, and then I listened to that letter. Well, he said like, I'm going to read a letter Amanda gave to me. And I was like, I'm going to cry during this. And then I did. Um, because like, On the one hand, like I said, I'm glad she had the agency, like, in the last few days of her life to make those decisions. But also, like, it's just so hard to imagine someone who is so wonderful and has such, like, a wonderful, like, presence and is so important to so many people. Like, it's hard to imagine her sitting there and, like, thinking about what she wanted to say at the end of, like, what she wanted people to remember her with. Um, And it did, honestly, it didn't feel nearly long enough. Like, I literally could speak to Amanda for like hours and hours on end. I still would have stuff to say to her. I would still have things I want her to know. Um, Like even in 
gosh, it's been almost a week since her funeral. Her funeral was last Thursday, or her celebration of life. Sorry, she would slap me. She would she hate. Hated, she would hate. She would hate that you called it a funeral. She would hate that. But that's okay. She I would think, hate that I think she'll. I think she'd forgive you. Yeah, um, but like, even since then, like, just things have happened in my life, like big things, small things. Like, I dec- I declared my major on Monday. That's um, so exciting. I know. I'm officially American studies, and I think. That, um, like I posted on Facebook something about the American studies major and like, you should go to this info session. And I like in my head, I was like, like just in the back of my mind, I was like, I can totally see Amanda being like, what in the fresh hell is American studies? Like, that sounds like BS. Like, are you going to get a job with that? She, she always used to call me stumpy. Cause when I was a kid, I was so like, I was so grumpy and I was really short and like kind of fat. Um, and I like would get really hangry if I hadn't eaten enough. So it was like grumpy and stumpy, like grumpy the dwarf. Um, <laughs> but I could literally like hear her being like stumpy, like major in something that will let you get a real job. <laughs> like, um, I can literally like imagine her saying that, um, and just like stuff like that, that like, she's not here for, um, like it was actually one of the hardest things for me to deal with at her celebration of life is like her son, her son, Jordan is like a beautiful funny kid um he was running around and playing with his cousins like at one point I looked out the window and he was like teaching one of his other cousins how to floss and I was like this is how kids deal with grief like the dance yeah, yeah. like the flossing dance from like what's the game Fort, Fort, uh, Fortnite. 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 Fortnite yes I'm gonna start calling it Forknife. I like that yeah I'm not up to date on hip cool terms but like I was just like this is how kids deal with grief and like when he left the celebration of life because I helped clean up um and he left like with one of with Amanda's brother to go play with his kids um and like he just I was talking to my uncle Amanda's dad my uncle buddy and like he came up and gave him a big hug and I was like okay bye papa I'm leaving and just did like this like the most casual peace sign ever he was just like bye papa I'm leaving like it wasn't even a full peace sign it was just very like casual and laid back and like it was really cute but at the same time it was like like all I could think of was, like, this kid has, like, is dealing with something harder at this age than I've ever had to deal with. Um, and I've been alive for 20 years, you know, and, like, I worry that, like, I don't know what it's like to not have a parent. I worry that stuff ahead of him is going to be hard. Um, I also got to see Amanda's husband there, and his name is Josh, and he's really, really funny, um, like Amanda. Honestly, they were, like, my first, like, example in my head of, like, true love um to me like when I like like I mean besides my parents but like when you're a kid your parents are just assumed marriage but like Amanda's wedding is the first wedding I went to um and I remember meeting Josh and thinking he was just like the coolest person ever and it made sense because Amanda is the coolest person ever so like why would she not marry like the literal like the male coolest, version of herself the coolest yeah. people ever yeah the coolest her people ever and then found each is, other yeah and then her son is super cool so it's just like they just reproduced more like cool funniness um so it was almost like you were mourning for Amanda, other people. Amanda as well as yeah. for Jordan and Yeah, and Josh. For, Amanda's, for Josh. For and Amanda's my husband. uncle. Yeah, I've never like it's really hard. My uncle Buddy um is my mom's older brother and like my family is poor. Like growing up, Uncle Buddy, a lot of times I know behind the scenes was like helping pay for things we needed. He gave us like like, one year, my family didn't have a computer, so my sister and I couldn't do our homework. And, like, as, like, a Christmas gift to our family, he gave us, like, this nice laptop. And we all thought, like, I was a kid, and I thought it was just cool that, like, we got in a computer. But, like, looking back on that, 
he was helping my family out um, in a way that like did not embarrass my parents, but that made like, like that just felt exciting for us, you know, and felt cool. And like him and my aunt Chandra, his wife, I know everyone says this about people who die. So like, I don't expect everyone to believe me um, podcast listeners out there, but like he and aunt Chandra, my family's big, my family has a lot of kids and like sometimes a lot of drama and like kind of be kind of messy, but like they love their kids a lot. Um, they have four, Amanda had three siblings. They have four kids and like, they're really close. And like, it's just really insane to me to think about like, like my uncle buddy just is the kind of person who's there for people. Um, and like, there's nothing I can do really to be here for him besides show up. Like, my sister flew in from Southern California. She lives in Los Angeles. She goes to USC. I flew in from D.C. Um, to Texas, and then my entire family drove from our house in Texas to Coweta, Oklahoma, about, like, six hours um, for her celebration of life. And, like, he was really thankful that I was there, and he kept telling me thank you, but I was like, I, like, this is literally all I can do, and I wish I could do so much more. Like, he's not the kind of person to accept help from people. He's the kind of person to like give help. Um, but it like comforted me some, like he's a truck driver. Um, he worked, I think it's iron mountain is his company. And during like the beginning of the celebration, like I saw all these people walking in from outside and they're all wearing these matching like jackets. And I was like, is this like a gang? Like I'm really confused. Um, and then they came in and I saw them like walking up to him and each of them one by one, giving him a hug. And like, I saw their jackets and they said iron mountain on them. So like, all of his coworkers came, um, and some of them had probably met Amanda, but I'm sure many of them hadn't. Um, but like they came and were like there for him, and it made me happy to see, like the kind of support he had. Yeah. Um, so showing up is definitely important for someone who's grieving. I guess yeah. you're grieving as well. Yeah. And I was curious what you have most appreciated from your friends, from your family. Yeah. How they've supported you. So I would say, um, I definitely like my family is great when I want to just talk about Amanda. Um, like on the way to her celebration of life, actually, we were in this rental car because our car from home, like could not make it on a six hour drive. Um, but we were in this rental car and I was playing music and I think I was playing like be good to yourself by journey. Um, like God only knows by the beach boys. And we were all just like singing along and like, really enjoying this music. And I was like, we're singing on our way to like someone's funeral. And my mom was like, I mean, this is what Amanda would want us to do. And my dad was like, yeah, I should go 20 miles over the speed limit. It would be like exactly how Amanda, <laughs> like this would be exactly like Amanda was in the car with us. Um, but my family has been really good for talking about Amanda. Um, but the thing I've appreciated most from my friends was kind of like not having to talk about it. Um, I think like some people who I've, I had difficulty because um, someone who was a close friend who I had really wanted to be there for me in this, like I felt like they just didn't care um, because they didn't really like, they like were taking a long time to answer my texts. Like they were like said they were really busy and weren't making time to talk to me. And I was just like, I kind of need you to be like, have my back on this. Um, but then I found out that like talking about death for them is difficult and uncomfortable. Um, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. And, like, I think what I should have told her, what I didn't, um, was that I didn't really want – like, right now I don't really just 
like all the time I don't want to talk about death and those days after Amanda died were really hard and I didn't want to just talk to people I didn't want to just sit there and talk about death I just wanted like someone to show up and for me not to be alone and for someone to like be there with me and like Stephen Frost is going to kill me for this but I'll name drop him my friend Stephen Frost is a dingus and we have like if you ever heard us talk to each other you would think we're not friends because we can really like we can really roast each other like super hard um but when I told him my cousin died he was like I'm so sorry do you want me to come over when I get out of class like all this stuff and then he came over later and like we didn't actually we didn't talk about Amanda at all her name really didn't come up um he just came and sat in my room and like we talked about like how green books shouldn't win best picture um we're really hurt by that now um but we talked about how like the oscars were on sunday yeah but depending and on green when book, this comes out and well, green book won yeah we're we're hurt we're sad um but like we just talked about like all this stupid stuff um and i was like you're such a 64 film buff like ridiculous dingus but it was like just really nice because he showed up and he was there and like that was the way i needed people to show that they cared for me um, like the morning that she died, I didn't go to my classes. I just couldn't, like, I just, I didn't care. Um, and I went and sat in the office for APO, which is the fraternity I'm in. Um, and I literally just sat there. Like I got there at like 10 AM, even though no one gets to the office until like 1230, um, for our office hours. And I just like sat there for two hours. Um, and I wrote, I wrote a piece for the voice, um, which we might get into later. Should check know. it out online. Yes, it is online. It's called carrying on. It's Amanda and the pimp in focus. Um, but yeah, I like sat there and I wrote, and then I was just like, my friend Liv texted me and I don't even know how she knew. Um, but it was just like, Hey, I'm going to get some lunch. Where are you? can I bring you food? Do you want to talk? And she just came and we just like hung out. She brought me Royal jacket. Um, and we just talked and it was like very needed. And then the rest of the day I literally just spent in that office and my friends were coming in and out. People I cared about were talking to me. Um, like I just, it wasn't even about talking about Amanda. Like it was just like similarly in the way that like all I could do for my uncle was show up. Like all I needed my friends to do when I found out was like show up and be there um do you think that your friend who felt uncomfortable talking about death because it's not easy and it's yeah. not fun but do you think that being uncomfortable is an excuse to not be there for someone who's grieving good question uh this is like I mean her reasons for being uncomfortable are private and they are like like, it wasn't like she was just randomly, like, she never experienced death before and she was just randomly uncomfortable with and, it. And I don't, I don't mean to make it a personal... Yeah, I don't no. mean to make you um, talk about, talk about um, your he, friend in a negative light. I just yeah. was curious um, just how you feel people should interact with someone who's lost a close I, family member, even if yeah. they are uncomfortable. I would definitely say that I, I did feel very disappointed. My feelings were very hurt. Um... I do wish she had just said up front, I'm uncomfortable talking about death, um, but I'm here if you need me. Um, because I am lucky. I have great friends at Georgetown. I have a lot of great people who were there for me. Um, but I was waiting on, like, it wasn't like she was the only one who could be there. Sorry. <laughs> she wasn't the only one who could be there to support me. Um, but, like, I was expecting her to. Um, and so I will say that, like, being up front about what you're comfortable with 
is helpful because like when she told me that I was like, Oh, I get that. Like, it's not a huge deal. Like I understand. Um, but like, I wish I had known like up front what was going on. Um, and I do think in general, like, even if it's hard and even if you're scared that like, it's really, it's also really hard and really scary to like have a close family member and someone you love, like not be around anymore. So I would definitely, if you're, I'm no expert on death or grief, um, but I will say it would be like, it's better for you to be there and like not even talk about the death, but just be there and be like, Hmm, like you should start writing your paper that's due tomorrow. We're like, Hmm, you still sleep with Star Wars sheets. Like, are you ever going to work that out in therapy, Katie? Like, it would, be, um, it would be a lot easier for you to like, like, it'd be a lot. E- I would have loved for that person to be there for me and do that. And I hope um, that in the future, that is how they will deal with it. Yeah, because I, I f- feel like death is such a, you can't bring the person back. Yeah. Um, I remember I sent you a text and said, can I bring you ice cream? That was so nice. That was super (laughs) sweet. I actually had a lot of people bring me ice cream, which is why I didn't need ice cream. Okay, good, good, good. Um, But it it was funny because then I immediately sent a next text saying, and I realized ice cream is not going to fix this. Yeah. But I feel like there is an urge to do something. Yeah. And I think in my experience with, in my experience with not necessarily grieving myself, but interacting with people who have lost someone. Yeah. I feel like the let me know if you need anything. Yeah. Is, while it's a nice thing to say, I'm a big fan of just showing up. And even if I show up and I give them a card. Yeah. And I leave because they want to be alone. Yeah. Then I've shown up. Then I've done something. Mm -hmm. Um. But I do understand why some people just don't know what to do, and so they get scared. And unfortunately, I guess in your case, definitely, I think in a lot of people's cases, they interpret that as, oh, someone doesn't care about me. Yeah. When in fact, it's just someone else who doesn't know what to do and doesn't know that maybe the best thing actually to do is just be humble and maybe just say, I don't know what to do. I don't have the right words to say. Yeah. But I'm here and here's some Ben and Jerry's fish food. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Um, yeah. I think also one thing that's weird, you might've heard me do it in the past couple weeks. I don't know if you have, but like when I tell people, Oh, Amanda died or, Oh, my cousin just died or, Oh, I was at a funeral for my cousin. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. When people say sorry to me, my instinct, my response is always, Oh, it's okay. But like, the thing is, is like Amanda died and she was 32 years old and like her death was painful and her death was difficult. And she's leaving behind a bunch of people who love her. And like, there's just no, like, it's not okay. And I had to like adjust to that new reality of like, it is not okay. But right now I am okay. And Amanda would want me to be okay. And like, like it is awful and it is sad. Um, but Amanda was never the type of person to just sit there and be sad and mopey. And like, like she was, she had so much energy. She was again, literally ridiculously funny. 
Um, she could like lift anyone up. She was so fun and so cool and so wonderful. And like, I could sit here and stew in the fact that it's not okay. Um, or I can just say when someone says, I'm sorry, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, she was a wonderful person and I can try to like put out that same energy, um, that Amanda like had. And I also think that like dealing with the whole thing, it is helpful because like I am religious and Amanda's was religious. And so like, I don't like everyone is in, obviously I can't say, I don't, I can't contemplate the mysteries of the universe. Um, but there's a lot of comfort in knowing, I believe there is an afterlife. And like, I believe Amanda is in that afterlife. Um, and I know that like where she is, she does not have cancer anymore and she's not in pain. Um, like during the last couple days of her life, like they had to have all the windows and blinds closed because light hurt her eyes. If someone talked too loudly, it felt like people were screaming at her. And that's not how Amanda lived. Like Amanda would drive around in her Ford Focus when I was a kid, like super fast. My mom would always yell at her about it. Like playing music super loudly, like screaming at the top of her lungs. Like she just wasn't that type of person. Um, And so like, like I am very comforted by the fact that like, where she is, like, none of that is happening. Like, she's not being forced to, like, like, she's not sitting in the dark. She's not, like, sitting in a perfectly quiet house. Her house in Seattle, I'm sure Jordan is, like, running around and, like, all the windows are open and, like, him and Josh are laughing and, like, having a good time and, like, or as good a time as they can have. Um, Yeah, a good time as they can have because I think that is something – I think that is something to remember as you think about your Uncle Buddy yeah. and Josh and Jordan, of that life does go on. Yeah. But life will never be the same. Yeah. Like, Amanda's not coming back, um, and I know that. And, like, I I will never forget her. I never will. Like, from here on out, almost by nature of her dying young, like, if Amanda were still alive, I don't know if I would think about her in my everyday life and think about her in the way I choose to live. Um, but like, like Amanda is gone, but like, I'm always going to remember her. I'm always going to carry her with me. And like life is for people who are alive. Like her celebration of life is for the living. Her celebration of life was not for her. And she knew that. Um, it's not about, Like, it's, like, what's happening right here, right now, like, like, I could choose to participate in it, or I could choose to go lay in my bed and cry, um, which is what I want to do sometimes, and I think it's okay to do that sometimes, but, like... Yeah, definitely okay. (laughs) But, like, like, whether or not I choose to participate and, like, be in this moment, like, Amanda is gone. I liked, Um, I, I liked a line that you had in your piece, which... Maybe you remember it off your top of off the top of your head. I don't know yeah. if I can quote it verbatim from the top of my head, but it was something along the lines of we can't all spend our lives sitting yeah. waiting for our loved ones to die. Yeah. Could you reflect on that? Yes. A bit? Um so I knew, like I said earlier, I knew Amanda was gonna die before um she died. It was like a, a month, five to six week or a month period, I think, where I knew like this time she wasn't getting better. Um, And so a lot of that time I spent, like, just, like, 
I actually think I had a harder time maybe before she died um, than when after because I just spent that time thinking like my cousin is in horrible pain and she's going to die soon and her son is not going to have a mom anymore, which now I know is wrong because he's always going to have a mom. But like I was like, this is just awful and this sucks and this is an impending thing that's going to happen and I hate it. Um, and I was really worried because I wanted to call her one last time. But the thing was, she was weak. She couldn't talk on the phone. Like, it was just a lot of effort. Um, so my aunt was like, just send me an audio message of what you want to say to her. That's nice. I like that. Um, and I can actually play it with you guys, with you, if that's okay. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Um, definitely okay. But I sent it to her, and she, like, highly, apparent, according to my aunt, she, like, asked to listen to it a couple more times um, and smiled and really liked it. Um, and like, I kind of felt a lot more peace after that, um, because Amanda came home to Oklahoma in the summer of 2018, uh, for my cousin once removed Kendall's graduation. Um, and I chose not to be there because I was in DC. I didn't know Amanda was going to die. I can't schedule my life and my travel plans around someone who might die six months from now. Um, and that's not what Amanda would do either. Like, I can't, like, every text I send could be the last text I send to someone. Um, but if I spend all of my time, like, waiting for someone to die or, like, thinking about all the things that could kill someone, like, I would literally never have time to do anything. Yeah. You couldn't um, function. No, I couldn't. And, like, that stinks, and I wish it were easier, but, like, that's just that's just what we're working with. Um, so I definitely think that, like, coming to terms with the fact that, like, this is like, like, I don't know. Just like thinking about the fact that I can't, I don't know. There's just so much you can't control. Um, but I'm going to play the audio message now. I hope this will be, let me turn it, turn it all the way up and see how this goes. Hey, Cousin Manda, uh, it's me, Stumpy slash Katie, because I'm actually not that Stumpy anymore. <laughs> I'm now above the average height for an American woman. Um, thank you very much. I just wanted to let you know that I love you um, and that I'm thinking about you and that I miss you. And I am sorry that I haven't gotten to see you the past couple of years as much as I would like to. Um you know that I go to Georgetown in D.C., which is really great and a really great Catholic school. Um, and you should tell Jordan that he should go to college here because that would be pretty cool. And I bet I could get him in. Um, uh, I just wanted, you know, to tell you that I love you um, and that I'm thinking about you. Also, that that trick you taught me when I was a kid and I had like the stomach bug where you mix orange Gatorade and water <laughs> is now like a really good hangover cure. Um, just please don't tell my mom that I do that um, because she would probably get mad. Um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know how much I love you um, and how important it was to me growing up to have a cool teenage cousin who like didn't already have kids of her own. Um, and you know, who was, like, close enough to my age to still, like, talk to me and think I was interesting. Um, and, yeah, I just wanted to let you know how much I love you and Josh and Jordan and <laughs> Chandra and Uncle Buddy. Um, and, yeah, I just really love you and I miss you. Um, give Jordan a really big hug for me. Bye. <laughs> 
So the reason I keep pronouncing her son's name, Jordan, I realized I didn't explain this, is because his name is spelled J-O-R-D-O-N, which I would argue, and my mom would argue, is not how he spelled Jordan. <laughs> um, and so when he was, when my, when Amanda was like, hey, Aunt Annie, like, I'm naming my kid Jordan, and she was like, oh, how are you spelling it? And she was like, J-O-R-D-O-N. My mom was like, you're naming your kid Jordan. <laughs> like, I can't read his name without saying Jordan. So, like, my mom would call him that, and, like, sometimes she still calls him that, and, like, I'll see him, and I'll be like, oh, it's Jordan, which is awful. Um, but, like, poor Jordan. <laughs> yeah, poor Jordan. He's such a good kid. He's such a sweet kid. Um, but, like, that's why I was saying that, because my like Amanda and like me, I guess, my mom is unable to take anything seriously. Um, that's another reason I feel that Amanda was really special to me is because like Amanda reminds me a lot of my mom. Um, and anyone who's ever met me and my mom will probably say that my mom and I are very similar people. So yeah, I like that was not by any means a perfect audio message. I should have like written an outline. No, Katie, <laughs> it was beautiful. I'm going to keep it forever, definitely, um, because, like, I was so torn up. I, like, actually was at a party the weekend. My mom was like, hey, Amanda's, you know, she's going to die. I was at a party, and I was, like, two glasses of wine and, like, slightly wine drunk and, like, called my mom in tears from outside of Ville in the rain. It was, like, something out of a movie. It was so sad and so stupid. Outside of a Ville in the rain, it was, like, I don't know if my mom knew I was drunk, but if she listens to this pod, she does now. Um, but I was just, like, on the phone with her, and I was, like, I feel so guilty that I didn't see her that last time. I'm not going to get to talk to her before she dies. Like, I feel so bad. And my mom was finally, like, Katie, this has to stop. Like, Amanda was living her life and moving to Hawaii and then Seattle and like going all these amazing places with her son and her husband. Um, and you were going to Georgetown and she thinks that's so cool. And she's so proud of you. And like, you just like feeling guilty about this, like is not going to change the fact that you didn't get to see her last time. Like it's ridiculous to live your life constantly, like obsessing over the last time you see people. Um, and now I think about it, like there's a healthy balance between, like valuing the relationships you have while you have them um, because they won't, you know, they, you won't get to see that person or talk to that person yeah. forever. Like making an effort to go see them. And yeah. There's like them. definitely put effort and put value into your relationships, but also like you just can't like, I can't cure cancer. I wish I could, but like, there's nothing, there are some things that are so out of your control. Um, and I mentioned this a little bit in my piece, but like, I like to be in control of things. I like to have control of like my own information, my own business, like my own schedule. I like to know what's going to happen next. Um, and like, if I get something into my head, I'm set on it and I don't want it to change. Um, and it was, it's like dealing with the whole Amanda thing. is just a reminder um, that like you can plan all of this stuff and it's just, like, sometimes life is just going to be different. Um, and it really just do be like that sometimes. It's the only phrase I can think of is, that's how it be. Um, it really do be like that. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I just, like, like, it is frustrating and irritating. And, like, it sucks that I didn't get to see Amanda in person that last time. And it sucks that her son doesn't 
you know, isn't going to have his mom around and it sucks that her parents lost a child so young. It sucks that my grandmother lost a grandchild so young. Like everything about it is just like, it sucks. Um, and it's not what I wanted. And it is not how I would have wanted Amanda's life to go, um, or my life or her parents' life or her son's life or her husband's life. But like, that's how it is. Um, and you just like, there are things you can't plan for. Um, and like, Getting used to that is hard, and I think everyone will have trouble with that. Um, but, like, Amanda was never a huge person for, like, meticulous, obsessive planning. So um, I don't think – like, she was – at her celebration, someone read a story about how she literally, like, was going camping in, while she lived in Hawaii and, like, bought her tent for their camping trip – like on the way to the trip. And like, by the time they got to the location they were camping at, it was like dark. She was like, ah, I didn't plan this well. Um, and there are just a lot of things you can't plan for. So like she is young. She, she was 32 and like, that's young. And like when my, when my grandma died, my grandma had had a really good life. Um, and like everyone could be like, Oh, she's had such a long life. But like all literally the only like, I'm a huge optimist. I want to spin things a good way. I like love like memes and jokes and laughing and like, there's just not a good way to spin Amanda dying. Um, at all. Like you can't say like, Oh, she had a great life or cause I mean, she did have a good life. She had a great life, but it was short. It was way too short. There's so many things she doesn't get to do. Um, she touched a lot of people's hearts, but like she could have touched so many more. Like, like you can just find a con to everything. Um, and so like focusing on whether or not it was fair that she died so young and focusing on whether or not like it's okay or like there's like some kind of like universal justice in it. Like there's not. Um, and there's not. And I think when people try to say, oh, you know, he look on the bright side yeah. or, you know, everything happens for a reason it's a bit of a cop out. Yeah, no, I think just saying it's happened for a reason or like, oh, like, well, there's, there's the, here's the good thing. Like, there's not a good thing. So I'm not going to sit there and think about that because it sucked. And like, the reality is that like, it's very shitty. Everyone thinks it's shitty. I'm sad. Her family is sad. Like, there's nothing that's going to, no one can say anything to me that's going to make me be like, ah, I understand the universe's grand plan. Um, but on the other hand, I'm not going to sit around and think about that because Amanda wouldn't do that. I, like, like, I'm going to make an active effort to think about Amanda before she died and think about Amanda before she was really sick um, and think about, like, Josh and Jordan and all the wonderful relationships and people she left um, behind. Like, I just can't... I just wouldn't, like... Grief, I feel like when I was younger or, like, before I'd ever really experienced grief, I thought that, like, grief was, like, like just something that kind of happened to you. And then, like, it's, like, time made it better eventually and, like, it went away. Um, and, like, you were in a lot of pain for a while, but then, like, eventually, like, like it just stops hurting. Like, you wake up one morning and it doesn't hurt anymore. 
Um, and I think this goes for more than just someone dying, like breakups, um, heartbreak, sadness, like disappointment, rejection, all of that. Like it's an active process. Like you feel bad. Um, and like, it's okay to feel bad for a couple days. It was like the day Amanda died. I laid in my bed. I cried. Um, I ate snacks with my friends. I skipped all my classes in band rehearsal and just like talked and goofed off. And then the next day I did the same thing. Um, but the next day, instead of staying in bed all day, I woke up early and went on the service project that I run every week for APO to a mental health care facility in Shaw. Um, and then I went back and I skipped all my classes and I laid around. It was a dingus all day. Um, we need dingus days. Yeah, you need dingus days. But it was like a step forward to like get out of bed and like go be with these people um, who I care about and who I have built a connection and relationship with and like who I value um, and who I can help. I can't help Amanda anymore, but like I could be there with them and I could serve them breakfast and we could talk and like it could, it was great. Um, and that was what I needed to do. And I think that like grief is active and that like there are a series of choices you have to make. And I, I can't tell you like how you should make those choices or like when those choices should be made or like what you should choose or how you should decide. Like that's not up to me. Um, that's different for everyone. But like, at least in my experience, like every day that I grieve Amanda, I have like a series of decisions. Like, is this going to be a day where it's just going to be really bad? Or is this going to be a day where like I choose to push myself a little further? Um, like coming on this podcast, um, like I could choose to just kind of like keep like going through the motions and focusing on my daily life, um, which is what I've been doing a lot. And it's been great. Um, for the past couple of days, like just being with friends, like occasionally thinking about her, but not having it on my mind all the time. Um, or I could choose to like come on this podcast and like tell you about Amanda and how great she was and like share my experience with other people. It's like a series of small decisions you have to make. Um, and I think that like sometimes making like, I can't, I can't honestly tell you, like, when I'll feel 100% better about Amanda dying. I think, like, a piece of me will always be different. But, like, I can tell you I feel a lot better than I felt the day my mom called me and said your cousin died. I was in line at Whisk, by the way, in Leo's, and the Leo's workers now think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> they did not swipe my card for that muffin and that ice cream. <laughs> um, they really were just like, bye. <laughs> um but like, yeah, like I'm a lot better now. Um, God, and it, that's, that's like when my when my mom called and said that my I, I do not mean to make a comparison yeah, between no, no, no. Amanda and this call from my mom, but it was like when my mom called and said that my dog had died and oh. had been eaten by a coyote. Oh, that's rough. And all I could do was laugh because it was so absurd. Yeah, it was and ridiculous. And that's the thing about life. It's it's beautiful and it's absurd. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. Um, I think about this like. A lot. It's just such a weird, like, of all the ways I could have predicted my life going, of all the people, if you asked me to pick someone out of my childhood memories so I thought wouldn't be around my life forever, like, never in a million years would have picked Amanda. There's nothing I can do about it now. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would discredit the amount of work and effort I have put in to, like, 
feel okay and be okay to just say like, oh, time heals all things. Because yes, time does make things better. And like removing yourself and like having distance from a situation does help. But like also like it's gotten better because like I've woken up every morning and made an effort to be like, hmm, Amanda West was a bad bitch. So I'm going to be a bad bitch today. (laughs) You know, like it's like, that's a decision that I've made. And I think to just say like, oh, time makes it better. or Oh, everything happens for a reason. Like it's almost too easy. Like it just like explains away something that like I personally actually kind of am proud of, um, in my recovery. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you're finding your way forward. Yes, Um, definitely. So thank you so much for being here, Katie. Thank you for introducing me and letting me get to know Amanda. Um, did our conversation today make you think about a story you've always wanted to tell? Is is there an opinion that you hold that you've always wanted to talk about? Send an email to voices at georgetownvoice.com. Katie, any last words for our listeners? My last words are going to be, it really do be like that sometimes, because it really do. Before I sign off, I'd like to thank Pana, this semester's assistant podcast editor, for our fantastic music, and give her a shout out along with Kayla, our podcast editor. Kayla is the best, as you know. I love her. I hope you'll tune in to our next installment of Fresh Voices. Thank you for listening. 